For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac, and I'm getting sick of talking about losses, Isaac. Are they going to turn this around? Man, you hope so. Um, I, I kind of, honestly, I kind of expected this. Uh, I know when we talked a little bit before the game started, and I was like, man, this this game scares me. Uh, we, we know, we've seen the intensity that they bring on the road at times, and they just haven't brought that same intensity at home this year. And I, I had a feeling that you saw how Portland played last night in Indiana. Uh, really came out and, and imposed their will against them early. And it's like, man, they got to come in here looking for revenge. If the Grizzlies aren't ready, that they're going to get smacked in the mouth. And, that, and that's exactly what we saw. Uh, the Grizzlies, for some reason, just don't have the same intensity at home as they do on the road. Uh, Jaron kind of talked about that, that after the game, um, in the postgame, um, saying that they just got to punch back and they, they got to punch first and that they, they know how to get it done on the road, but they just got to bring that same intensity at home. And for some reason this year, we haven't seen that. They just haven't been able to muster up. You can just tell in some of those games on the road that they, especially you go back to this weekend, the two Portland games, they were just locked in uh, from, yeah, from the onset. Yeah, you could see it early. You could see the energy early, and it, it, it hasn't been that way at home this year. Yeah, and, and the defense, I mean, you could just tell from from the jump. I mean, I don't. I don't know why they went away from what they were doing over the weekend. You could they were bodying up on guys. You really saw DB making it hard for uh Dame to get shots off. And they were just getting clean looks tonight, uh from early on and they got confidence got rolling and it really never slowed down. Grizzlies had a, a little bit of a run there to to, to kind of end the third quarter. But outside of that, I mean Portland just pretty much dominated this game from from start to finish. And it's a disappointing performance. Uh it, it was a game of a big magnitude. Uh, for the standings, I mean, you, you're now two and a half games behind Portland for that seven seed. I think you're full, three full games back from six seed Dallas. So that that, that six seed seems to be slipping away. Uh, I think you still have a shot at the seven seed with looking at Portland's schedule and how tough tough they have it. But I think in order for you to get back in that mix, the Grizzlies got to do something that we really haven't seen them do this year, and that's be consistent. I mean, they got to go on a run and win pretty much all the games they're supposed to win. Um, you're looking at 11 games left. They're probably looking at something like 10 and one, nine and two to have a chance to to get back in there. I think. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to go on a run. The the two teams in front of them, they own the tiebreaker with uh, with Portland. Obviously, Portland. with the, they yeah. they don't with Dallas. Uh, it, it's going to be work. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. It is a lot harder losing this game, but they're not out of it. It's just they're going to have to play good basketball. There's just some things, chemistry-wise, Jaron's legs are not, they're not under him right now. You look at how he started this game shooting, his first two games, he done well, but it was a lot of stuff down around the basket. His jump shot is not back yet, he, and that that's going to come, and it, it seems like toward the end of the game, he hit a couple threes right there at the end of the game. I think he's close because there there were multiple. I think he was started out like 0 for 7 from 3. Um, there were multiple three-point shots that were just right there. You, 
just short or just a tad long. Most of them were just short, though. And I think that is just him trying to get his legs back under him. When he does, that's going to make this offense that much better. They struggled these last two games after playing really well on that road trip. Some of it may be fatigue. Um, some of it, it just at the edge. Brandon Clark was asked about what did Portland do differently tonight that they didn't do over the weekend. And Brandon Clark said they just came in with an edge. And the key to the Grizzlies winning the games in Portland was their ability to get into the paint, the Grizzlies' ability to get into the paint and kind of have their way there. And Portland's focus tonight was to stop that, and they done a much better job, and the scoreboard shows it. Yeah, that, that was actually me that asked him that. Uh, and he's right. I mean, you could, like we talked about, you could see from the onset the Grizzlies were, were the aggressors in those games. And tonight, that wasn't the case. Uh, I mean, you could see from tip-off that Portland was going to impose their will on this game, and they were able to, and they, they threw a big punch in the, the first quarter, um, and and they just weren't able to punch back. Like Jared said, that's something that you have to do. Uh, it, it's tough to beat a, a good team three times, and, and I knew that they were going to have to come out with a, a Herculean effort probably to win this game tonight, and they just just didn't have it. Uh, but to go back to Jared, uh, like you said, it was good to see a couple go in for him. I mean, he finished two of ten from three for the game, uh, and, and that's when you're coming back from a long layoff, the shooting and timing are probably the two things that come last. So that, that's going to come around. We've seen we have enough of a sample size of, of Jared to know that he's a, a legit three-point shooter. So that, that's going to come. He, like you said, he had a, a couple that, that were in and out and really close. I, I think he gets five or six games on his belt. Eventually, that gets in practice, keeps doing those shots. Uh, those shots are going to fall. But he was doing a lot of stuff inside, like you said, early game. And he's kind of become a little bit more perimeter-oriented in these last couple games. And the shot just hasn't been falling for him. I, I'd like him to kind of work more inside out for right now while the shot's not falling in account of what we saw tonight. Yeah, either Peter Revin mentioned on the broadcast, and they were talking about, you know, the Grizzlies couldn't get it going. And uh, Jaron shot, he, he made a shot inside. And Brevin, I'm almost positive it was Brevin. He said, man, th th that's what you need to do. You know, take some shots around the basket, get a little momentum going, get your, you know, from there. Then you see, then you move outside. And I think that that probably would have benefited them tonight. Although you, it, it was just, uh, a great game by the Blazers. They played well. In, uh, Dylan done a great job on Dame. They had a, played fairly good defense on McCollum um, yeah. on the in the two previous games. But you know McCollum is he's a historic Grizz killer. They were talking about it on the broadcast again. Uh, the Grizzlies he averages the most points against the Grizzlies. He's second most out of any of the other teams in the league, and it was just under twenty two points a game. So he's. He's historically good against the Grizzlies. Tonight, they, they didn't have an answer for him. Uh, McCollum had 26. Dame had 23. Norman Powell had 24. And then Carmelo was a bucket shy of getting to 20 himself. The, the level of intensity was different from the, the weekend to this game. And it really, really showed on the defensive end. But I... I don't get I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I don't get why they Jenkins before the game mentioned that, you know, the game plan is going to basically be the same and then make adjustments accordingly. And then because, they come out know, and they, they took yeah. care of business. And then it didn't look like the game plan was the, the same. It, it really didn't. When they came out in the, you know, that first quarter, 
I'm like, yeah, this was not the game plan in Portland. Not this at all. was not it. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, Portland really, really exposed the pick and roll defense uh, early in the game, and that was something I was surprised they kind of they didn't kind of exploit more in the games on the weekend. But they really, really just ate the grizz up on pick and roll, and and for some reason, I, I don't, and I and I talked about this on Twitter. I, I don't know. They were giving the Portland way too much room on these shots. I mean, the 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 defensive intensity just wasn't there. I mean, you just had guys coming off screens with clean looks, and that just wasn't happening in those two games over the weekend. I mean, they were making everything hard for them. Everything at the rim was contested. Even when Portland made shots, they made them work for it. Tonight, they, everything was coming easy for them. I mean, I think the Grizzlies just seemed to be kind of demoralized early, and when you kind of get demoralized like that, when, when your shots aren't falling, a lot of times that has a tendency to affect your defense, and that's kind of what we saw. I mean, the two nights for two nights in a row, I mean, Portland really came out, jumped on Indiana, came out and did the same here. Um, and their team that's been to the playoffs, they won some playoff series. Now, this team understands this moment, and you have a young team here, the Grizzlies. They got two big big wins over the weekend, but they got to understand, man, this thing is not finished, man. They got to to toughen up, man, and, 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 win, and, and win a lot of these games down the stretch if they're going to have a chance to, to possibly jump up to that seven seed because that's where you want to be. Uh, anything below seven, it, it, it makes it a lot tougher for you to advance and get into the playoffs. So if they have that that mindset, the talent is there. I mean, I think it's we, – we saw over the weekend how, how well this team can play, and we've seen throughout the season uh, how good this team can be. But then you get these efforts like tonight, and you kind of scratch your head like, which one of these teams is the real team? Um, and that's what's so disappointing about these type of games because you know how good this team could be, and then you see an effort like this, and you don't understand it. Even in a post game, when, when you listen to Jaron and and Brandon, they just seem to kind of be perplexed on what's going on. They really don't seem to understand it themselves. You can just kind of tell they're like when you ask them about what happened, they're just like, "Well, I mean, we just got punched in the mouth and and couldn't do anything about it." I mean, it's it, it's strange. I mean, of teams that that, that you've watched over the years, this team has some of the wildest wings that I've ever seen. I know that comes with a young team, but I think this team has the talent, and I think it's advanced enough, even though this is the second year of a rebuild, that you shouldn't be seeing some of these things that we see in, in games. I mean, I know Portland. Portland's been struggling, and I know they have a lot of talent. They've been a good team, but in this spot, with as good as the Grizzlies are, as good as we've seen them, I, I just don't think you should be seeing this. Yeah, you know, hopefully the, the consistency grows. You know, we haven't, just like you said earlier, we have not seen that all season. It, there's not been, you see them play at a level against championship caliber teams. They play with them. They're right there in the game or they win the game. And then you have nights like tonight. And I would love to say, okay, it's just the youth. That's why we're dealing with this. But at times, I'm not sure that that's the case. I'm going to jump a little off topic here. I want to give a shout out to Grizz Nation right now. Ja called for more people to come out to the forum. Yeah, The capacity right now is 3,500 because of the health and safety protocols. 3,500. The attendance tonight was 3,427. So we, we were we we were seventy three people short. Grizz Nation, gotta fill it up. They're back Friday against the Magic. I know it's not as uh, spicy of a matchup. That's a but you know you should see a Grizzlies win at home, and that is a rare thing this season. A Grizzlies win at home. So get out there and uh, let's keep doing it. That's uh, knocking on the door of the cap, and I think that uh, 
that, that's good. They're, they're going to need the energy. That's something that, that Brandon talked about, or not Brandon, Jaron talked about, that, you know, he misses the forum being full and having that energy. It just doesn't seem, or maybe it was Brandon. One of them no, said it, 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 it was Eric. You were right. Yeah, it, was it, Eric. It, do, it doesn't seem like it's, it's a home game. You can't tell that it's a home game because it's not loud like it was. So these guys are missing the fans. And I know 3,500 is, is just a fraction of what we can actually fit into the forum. But uh, Grizz Nation, let's keep filling that, filling it up. Let's get that closer to that 3,500 number for this game on Friday. I would love to see it. And you, and you know that the guys are going to feed off of it. So I want to see them make the playoffs. And based off of 99.9% of the Twitter conversations that I either witnessed or was involved in tonight, you all want to see them in the playoffs. Jaws asking for the energy. Um, and now we, we've got Jaron and Brandon and multiple players saying that, hey, yeah, it does make a difference. So let's get out there and, and be loud and do all that we can do to help these guys get the energy up to go out and throw that first punch that they need to. Yeah, because at this point, I mean, it, it, you don't even need to look at the matchup. All these games are important. If, if they're going to be able to jump up a seed line, they're, they're going to win a, a bunch of these games. And was it the Magic? I mean, that's a game that you got the back-to-back -back with the Magic. And, and again, we've seen this team lose games like this. And you got a back-to-back. This is a big opportunity. I think after the loss tonight, I think you've got to win both of those games. I mean, you can't. If they drop one of those magic games, I think you you can you can start to forget thinking about the six or seven. I think you're looking at eight, nine, and you're putting yourself in a, in a bad position. So again, man, pack that form thirty five hundred on Friday night. These guys need to. Uh, any win right now is a big win, and and we want to see these guys in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's what you're playing for. Uh, I, I know this is a young team. I know this is not the year that they're gonna make a a, a big splash, a big leap, or anything. But I think that experience is important uh, for this young team for guys like. John Jaron, because I think what happens if if you get in these playoff series and you win a couple games and you lose a tough series, it makes you hungry. Um, it makes these guys they're going to work harder in the offseason to get better to try to get to that next level. So I think that's all what what we want to see. And again, man, they're going to need some need your help out there, FedEx form plan. So make sure you pack it out and let these guys know you're there, uh, so they can come out and throw that first punch like Portland did tonight. So I got to ask you something here, Isaac. Um, I, I want to say it was either uh, Peter Edmiston or uh, Mark that asked Taylor Jenkins about the rotations yeah. and kind of tinkering with them. And I, I don't have the guts, the, the way that I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was Mark, the way that he yeah, worded it, Mark, yeah. I, I would not have asked the question that way. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit surprised that he, that he acted the way he did. Uh, I, don't, um, I don't know if Taylor Jenkins really appreciated that much, but yeah, he, he kind of yeah. went right in it. He, he, he did, you know, like – uh, neck deep in it. Uh, <laughs> so basically he asked about the, the rotations and the tinkering with the rotations and what that, you know, basically what the plan is moving forward. And Jenkins said that, you know, there's definitely things that, that they're going to have to adjust. So in your mind, when he says there's things that they're going to have to adjust, where does it go? Like what, what, what's the first thing or, or maybe not the first thing, what pops into your mind when he says, you know, somebody asked him about the rotations and he said, yeah, there's definitely some tinkering that has to go on. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of directions and a lot of different things he could be talking about. But I think, first of all, I think it has to be working Jaron back into the starting lineup. I know there's been some different opinions on that. Some people say it doesn't matter or was he starts. But I think, you know, long term, Jaron is, is your starter. 
Um, and I think with so so few games left, you want to have several games where you he's out there with the starters, working out there with Jared with, with Ja, and, and working with the starters, so you can kind of build that chemistry. And when you get into the play-in, so you'll you'll have that chemistry built up. You don't want to wait till there's two or three games left and say, "Oh, we want to throw them in the starting lineup now and figure out how it works." And we're going to go in the play-in trying to trying different things because there's going to be an adjustment period. I think even with him coming out the bench, I think that's kind of an underrated thing that no one's talking about. I definitely think there's an adjustment period for Jaron coming back. I mean, you look at some of these guys struggling, and I think that might play a little bit of part in it because that's different. I mean, having a guy uh, of that magnitude coming back and, and playing playing about a minute to see what he played tonight. Uh, Jaron played 25. 25 minutes. 25. Yeah, play, a guy coming back playing 25 minutes, I mean, that changes some things. But I, I think sooner rather than later, I think – Coach Seekers is kind of kicking the kicking the can down the road right now. I, I don't understand why he's waiting. I probably would have started him the first game he came back. That's probably how I would have handled it. I mean, that he decided to go a different route. But I think when, when he says tinkering, I think that's first and foremost probably the first thing. I think we've talked about uh, BC and, and, and Xavier Tillman and that. And we've also, everybody knows the Justice Winslow Tyus thing. I mean, that's kind of the hottest topic <laughs> amongst Grizz Nation right now. So I think those are kind of the three things that, that you're looking at. Maybe they've decided that the, the Justice Winslow experiment is over and they're going to go back to Tyus. Tyus has been running that second unit uh, most of the season and has had a lot of success at times. So maybe they think that that's not going to work. Maybe you're going to play Justice talked about in the last post game, possibly uh, working on his off-the-ball skills more so he can play with Joss. Or maybe you they switch back and you see him on the wing and Tyus comes back into the rotation. I mean, that's a lot of different things. But I think first and foremost, I think the Jaron thing is the one that needs to needs to be handled and if, if it's me i put him back in the starting lineup yeah i think he needs to, to go away sooner rather than later and, and yeah. i do realize like i said earlier he doesn't have his legs under him yet he's not in game shape yet there's still things that he has to do to get completely prepared but getting back in there i you know that that's going to be your lineup so why not get it rolling now so you get that chemistry John Jaron, we saw that there's no loss in there. It's there. The chemistry's there. There's not going to be any issues there. But it's the other guys around them that it's going to make the difference. And also, for as long as you're as long as you're keeping him coming off of the bench, that's affecting your bench rotation. That's affecting your bench chemistry. So you know we are. Let's see, one. What's that? 12 games left in the season? I think it's 11. I think it's 11, 11 now. Yeah, yeah, so 11 I, now. yeah, math is not that hard, but I, <laughs> I messed it up. Uh, so 11 games. You're 11 games left in the season. Whatever your, whatever your decision is, whatever your goal is for this season, Jenkins said multiple times tonight on, after different questions, this was kind of a uniform response you got from him. We are going to do whatever we think is best for this team as a whole. Yeah, I, I, he, he said that before the game. I thought that was kind of yeah. a, a blank statement, kind of dancing around the question there. Uh, which, which I mean, that's what coaches do. It's called coach speak for a reason. But that's that's kind of kind of what he said, and not really answering the question. But uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting. But like you said, I think you need Jared to the starting lineup. Whatever whatever you're gonna whatever your lineup's gonna be in the play in, whatever you need to be getting that together now. I mean there's only eleven games remaining. You don't wanna wait till 
like I said earlier, two or three games left, and then throw Jared in the starting lineup and kind of throw these things off. You, you've had Jared coming off the bench, and that's kind of what's been going on. And now you put him in the starting lineup, and your bench is going back to possibly what it used to be before he came back. I mean, you don't want all that going on going into the play-in. You want everything to be as settled as possible uh, going into the play-in. So I think sooner rather than later, they need to to make that move. If he's going to put him back in the starting lineup, that needs to happen, or if they decide that they feel like he's going to be best coming out the bench for the rest of the year, do that. But that decision needs to be made sooner rather than later. But for me, I think you know long-term he's your starter, uh, probably at the four, uh, with, with Jonas starting at the five. So I think and he, he's been playing at the five off the bench, so that's even different. I mean, this needs to be settled sooner rather than later. And I think over the next couple of games, I think that's something that they need to figure out. Yeah, I would say at the latest, in my opinion, by the time they come back home, the, you know, they play the Magic at home on Friday. Yeah, back to back. And then they travel to Orlando and play the Magic in Orlando on Saturday. Then they come back uh, and play the Knicks on Monday. That game on the third against the Knicks, I think you have to have this is what my rotation is going to be moving forward. Because we do want to make this play and we want to make the playoffs. We want to get that experience. And at that point, the data information, the gathering, all of that, although we understand, we know, we, we've heard it a million times, we've said it a million times on this show, this is a developmental season. Part of, the, part of developing a championship team is getting that playoff experience. And so you, you really need to kind of reel that in and figure out what that's going to be. I would hate for them to wait until they get to the Kings game on the 13th and you see it in the two Kings games and the, the Golden State game, which I think is crazy because at this point, after they've been so cautious with Jaron, you have those three games back to back to back. He's not going to play in all of those games. So if you don't have him by the time you get to that Knicks game, if you don't have your rotation figured out, if he's not back in that starting lineup and that's your plan going into the play-in is him starting, how many games are you actually going to get with him in the starting lineup? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that's the, the situation. So, again, I mean, like you said, by the, by the Knicks game on Monday, it, they, have, they have to have this figured out. I mean, that's something, again, you just don't want all of these different things going on when, when you're looking at a play-in and trying to make a push here to possibly go up a seed line. You just don't need all this going on. But I, I know we, we beat this like, like a dead horse. It's been the, the conversation on Twitter. It's been Justice Winslow, Justice Winslow. But I do have a couple things uh, on Justice. First off, uh, going back to several weeks ago and earlier this season when I talked about my thoughts on how this team handled injuries, how I felt like I, I wish they would do things a little bit differently. I wish they'd be a little bit more in on this season. And a, a lot of people disagree with me. They said, oh, well, I'm fine with guys staying out longer. Be cautious. It's a de developmental season, blah, blah, blah. Now, fast forward to now, some of the same people that told me that are the same people complaining about the Justice Winslow thing, saying, oh, well, Tyus needs to play because we're in win-now mode. We need to do this and that. And I'm like, well, you were telling me six, seven weeks ago that this was a developmental season. Now that they're handling justice like it's a de developmental thing, now you want to to go back and, and say win now mode when you kind of kind of challenge me for saying that they should be in kind of win now mode. So that's something that I just wanted to kind of address. I thought that was kind of kind of funny looking back. And also with justice, 
and I know I know we don't want to talk about him a lot here because we like again we beat this like a dead horse, but we have there's there's several guys in that second unit that are struggling. Uh, the Anthony Melton is struggling as of late. Brandon Clark is struggling though. Brandon Clark was struggling even when Tyus was in the lineup. How much do you do you think Justice is at fault for these guys struggling? I don't necessarily think that's the case, but a lot of people been hitting me up saying it's his fault that they're struggling. No, so it, that that's complete bullcrap to me. The the offense not putting up the points that it should because him of him being on the floor, that's an argument we can have. But you're not going to come at me and say, if you and I work at the same job and you've been on for a while, so you come back and you slow and you're slow. And so I decide, oh, well, you know, he, Isaac just came back. I'm just going to slow down because Isaac is here. <laughs> no, dude, that's not how it works. These guys are professionals. They get paid to do this. It's not Justice Winslow's responsibility to make sure that Brandon Clark is on the top of his game. Is it his responsibility to distribute the ball and get it to him in good spots because he's playing the backup point guard role? Yes, it absolutely is. But you're not going to tell me that it's his fault that DeAnthony Melton is not shooting the ball right now. Yeah. That that doesn't affect Justice Winslow does not affect the way Melton is shooting the ball. Justice Winslow does not make Brandon Clark miss a little four-foot bunny right at the exactly. rim. It, that's not Justice's fault. And in, there, there's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. Are there things that happen when he's on the floor that may not happen whenever Tyus is on the floor offensively? Yes, 100%. I do not disagree with any points made whenever it comes to that. But is DeAnthony Mountain going to magically – just flip a switch and become Clay Thompson whenever Tyus Jones is on the floor? Is Brandon Clark going to stop missing four-foot bunnies around the rim just because Tyus is on the floor? Hell no. It's not going to happen. These things, the stuff with Brandon's been off and on all year long. He hit a stretch where he was playing well, but he's been rocky this season. De'Anthony Melton has been mostly good. He's in a slump right now. None of these things are impacted by what Justice Winslow is doing. Yeah, I, I I agree with everything you just said. I, I told someone that earlier. I mean, like you said, I mean, they the offense might run smoother at times with, with Tyus. I, I can admit that. I'm a Justice Winslow supporter, and I can admit that. I even again said a couple of weeks ago that if Justice was going to struggle the way he was then, that you would shut him down. Now he's been better in my eyesight the last few games. Uh, a lot of people still aren't even giving him credit for that. But I mean, it's not Melton's. I mean, it's not uh, Justice's fault that. That Melton, I mean, they're getting. It's not like these guys aren't getting good looks. I mean, Melton, the shots that he were knocking knocking down, it's not Justice Winslow's fault that he's not knocking out open shots. It's not Justice's fault that Brandon is missing his floater. I mean, those are things. They're getting good looks. It's not like he's putting them in bad spots and now they're just having to put up contested shots. They're missing good looks, shots that they have made at times, and, and that's not. You can't blame Justice for that, and it just seems like Justice is to blame for all the world's problems right now among, amongst Grizz Nation. I mean, it's a it's getting a little little nasty with that with that situation, man. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, now, the, the guys in the locker room, I think, really like and, and respect Justice as well as Tyus, so I, I don't think there's any problem there. But, I mean, among the, amongst the fan base and, and the media, there's definitely a big divide as you on one side or the other, and it's like no in-between yeah. right now. And it's, it's getting, getting toxic, man. I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on that, man. I, I'm like, I, I've talked about it until I just, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I know it's a thing. I see that it's a thing, but I've just kind of, I've said all that I know to say about it, and there's nothing new. There, There's nothing new about it at all. Like, I understand what they're trying to do with him. I feel like a lot of people are, are complete tunnel vision and they're in when, when now, when now yeah. and it's, it's not about, it's not about that. And that's even, and I've even been that guy, but I, I'm not even, I understand what they're doing here. And I, I can't, I, I'm not going against what they're doing. Cause it, it makes sense. I mean, they've made the investment in him. They made the trade to get him. Uh, they wasted, used up, not wasted. I'm not going to say wasted, used all the time, getting them through rehab, trying to get him back. Now he's back, been out almost two years. You have an option to pick up. You just need this data to figure out what they're going to do with him. And again, we've said it so many times on this show, I, I don't see any way that they don't pick up that option. The only way that I can see that not happening is if he has some major injury here, God forbid, here in the next couple of weeks before the four, where however this thing plays out, plays out. I think that's kind of the only way. Other than that, I think Justice Winslow will be a Grizzly next year for sure. And I don't think there's any question about that. I think a lot of people are thinking that they're not going to pick up that option or hoping they're not going to pick up that option. And I've told them time and time again, just prepare yourself because they're going to pick up that option, if not for only any other reason that we talked about here on the show last time, the expiring contract. If you're going to make a, a semi-decent-sized deal, you need contracts to move to make that money work. And it, what kind of contracts are the best contracts to and have the most value? Expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. And that's what you would have in him if you picked up the option. So they're going to pick up that option, and there's no question about that. But uh, looking over the stat sheet, uh, just the field goal percentage, Grizz go 37 of 88 uh, for 42%. Uh, Portland 45 of 92 for 48.9%. Grizzly struggling from, from downtown tonight, a, a frigid 9 of 32 for uh, 28%. Uh, Portland 15 of 40 for 37.5%. So they're plus 18 points right there uh, just from the, the three-point line, the free throw line. Grizz actually got to the free throw line tonight, more than Portland 26 of 30 for 86.7%. So they do a good job there. Portland 25 of 28 for 89%. Uh, rebounds, Grizzlies out-rebound by 7, uh, 51 to 44. Portland with 11 offensive rebounds. Grizzlies with 8. Grizzlies with 26 assists. Portland 23. Uh, both had 7 steals. Uh, six, 6 blocks apiece for both teams. Grizzlies only turned the ball over 11 times. So not, not a bad situation there. Portland turns over 10. Fast break yeah. points. Grizzlies plus 20. 33-13. Points in the paint. Portland won there, 44-42, which that's a problem. You you definitely, with the Grizzlies, you want to see that number higher than 42. If they're down at 42, they're, they're not going to win many games because even though they've been hitting threes as of late, that's still, you, you want to see that number up up, up above 50. Uh, anything below 50 for the Grizzlies is probably not going to be a, a good night for them. Uh, 49 points off the bench for the Grizzlies to 42 for Portland. So not terrible numbers there. Uh, Grizzlies did some. Did some good things, but definitely didn't reflect it in, in the final score of 130-109. Uh, just, again, they got docked in the mouth, smacked in the mouth early, and just couldn't recover. I mean, not John Moran only 10 points tonight. Did have eight assists, a steal, a block, uh, three rebounds, 311 from the field. Not a good shooting night for him. And he just really never imposed his will on this game. Um, he just couldn't. You just saw the, the way he took over you know, in those games in Portland that really just didn't get an opportunity to do that tonight. And this team needs Ja to, to, to be good. Like, he doesn't necessarily have to score 30 points, but you're going to need need more than 10 points from him. It was just one of those games where he was just kind of kind of out there, didn't have a huge impact on it because the Grizzlies were just never in it. I, I call this 
one of these extended garbage time games. I mean, you were pretty much in garbage time by the second quarter. So, but nothing much that you look at on the stat sheet really matters. I mean, Portland just dominated this game pretty much from start to finish outside of that, that little run the Grizz made late in the third. Yeah, you can attribute the loss to, to two things that you mentioned there. The the three-point deficit. Yeah, plus and then you talked about you talked about the turnovers. Uh, the, the Trailblazers had 15 points off of those 11 yeah. turnovers. So just in that, the, the points off of turnovers and the three-point deficit, that that's your loss. That, yeah, that's, that's where that's 33 points, yeah. You know, and that's hard to overcome. As you can see, the, the Grizzlies just didn't have it tonight. There's going to be – Mama said there'll be days like this, and this was one of those days, man. It's uh, it's tough. These games get tough to watch. They're tough to podcast after at times because you just want to come in and and just spew all this venom. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. No, man. So, Got to stay positive. Yeah, there, there's um, still a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. The Grizzlies are in great shape, and I, I think uh, Jenkins he handled that pretty well he he kind of chuckled a little bit I, I don't remember the exact question but he said guys we're in it we're in a good spot at 31 and 30 yeah we're, we're in a good spot <laughs> this team has done a lot of great things this season and this game tonight is not indicative of, of what we are capable of and yeah. then then he did, he just kind of chuckled he said you know if you guys are unhappy about what you're seeing i don't know what you're watching yeah, he was definitely. He, I was gonna say he was definitely a lot more positive tonight than he was after the Denver game. And I think, like you said, I think the Denver game that might have just been a seven game road trip in a seven game road trip, and you just ready, ready to get just home. Exhaustion. But he, yeah, man. he was. He was because he got out of there quickly uh, in Denver on Monday night. But yeah, definitely in much better spirits tonight uh, than than he was after that game. But just glad to be home to sleep in your own bed. I mean, they've been on the road for almost two weeks. I mean, that's that's tough. That's a tough deal, um, especially you. To go to the same place twice, to have to go to Denver twice at altitude. I mean, that's a tough trip, man. You you get two big wins, and then you, you go back to altitude and have a tough game and lose that at the end of the trip. And that that's not an easy easy thing to do. That's probably one of the craziest road trips I've ever seen in in my history of, of, of watching the NBA. I don't know if I've ever seen a schedule as, as rough as that one. And the Grizzlies went four and three. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's better than, than any of us thought. Again, I was saying three and four going in to go four and three, even though you think in the moment that they could have done better than that. I think you, you take that all day and, and, and twice on Sunday for sure. But look at, looking at the standings here, uh, Grizzlies now three games back of six seed Dallas. I think it's going to be really tough. I mean, you're essentially four games back because the Dallas owns the tiebreak, even though the Grizzlies have one matchup remaining with them in the FedEx form coming up in a week or so um, that you, you Dallas won the first two games, so they already have a tiebreaker there. So you're essentially four games behind them. So it's going to be close, at the, tough at this point to, to, to end up at the sixth seed. But you're two and a, game, two and a half games back of, of now seventh seed Portland, which that sounds daunting with 11 games left. But if you take a look at Portland's schedule um, and take a look at the Grizzlies' schedule, there's an opportunity for the Grizzlies to, to outplay them but because the Grizzlies have a tiebreaker there. So all they have to do is tie them. This thing is not over with them. But again, the Grizzlies got to show some consistency and win several games in a row, which is something that you haven't seen this year. I mean, you just go back down the schedule. It's usually win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, win. I mean, something like that. Yeah, you don't see them win. A, there was go, a seven-game win streak early in the season, but, yeah. but since then they haven't Outside been able of that, to really – Yeah. Yeah, it's usually alternate win and losses, I mean, which kind of indicative to their record right now. You go around a 500 team, and that's kind of what they've been for most of the year. But you're now tied with San Antonio, which technically you're ahead of them because you have a the tiebreaker there. Um, you're half a game up on 10th place Golden State. 
four and a half up on 11 place New Orleans and six up on 12 place Sacramento. So again, I think the, the floor is 10. I think you're in the, in the plan no matter what at this point. Um, I just can't see the New Orleans in New Orleans or Sacramento with the way they, they play. I mean, they lose a lot of games. It's not like they're good teams can yeah. put enough wins together to, to make up that deficit with 11 games left to play. I think the Grizzlies are safe there. You just, the question, the only question now is where they finish. Yeah, uh, I the, think for the, the Jazz, and, yeah, Jazz and Nuggets took care of business tonight, so they helped the Grizzlies out. Even though the Grizzlies did lose to Portland, I didn't mean to go over you there, man. I thought oh, you were no finishing problem. up. Um, I, I actually I do have one more thing before we we get to wrapping this up. Over the last two games, JV has a combined nine rebounds. Is that concerning to you at all? Yeah, man. Looking at the last score, when when I looked at that box score um, after the Denver game, I, I was shocked to see that he only had three. I mean, I, I don't know when you have to go back. I don't know if that's his lowest output of the season. It might be uh, because I was trying to think of a game where he had less than like a seven or eight. It was usually like his floor. Uh, so that was uh, pretty bad. I think tonight is a game where, again, like I said, you said I, I said earlier, it's extended garbage time. I, I don't really take any of these stats tonight uh, as meaning anything. Uh, but but you do look at the stats. He, we we talked about BC struggling, but he did have ten rebounds tonight, uh, which yeah. is which is good off the bench. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's been two games, nine rebounds. I, I think it's more of an anomaly. I'm not really really concerned about it. I think JV. We know that he can can rebound. I think he'll bounce back. He'll probably have a, a double double on on Friday against Orlando. Uh, but look look at it, look at that tomorrow night. Uh, a couple games that that you want to keep an eye on. Look at it, the Grizz playoff play in standings. Uh, the Mavs are at the Pistons. Uh, Mavs just absolutely blasted the Warriors in similar fashion to what we saw get with the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, I was kind of surprised at that, uh, the way the Warriors kind of laid an egg there at home, and here come the Grizzlies kind of doing the same thing tonight in a big spot. Uh, but that's kind of one to watch. Do the, do the Mavs uh, get a big win over the Warriors, let the guard down a little bit, and, and get beat by the Pistons? They knocked off the Pistons in Dallas uh, a few games ago, so that's kind of a – a revenge situation for the Pistons. Do the Pistons really want to win that game? I think is the question. But um, I think the Pistons are still playing hard, so we'll see what happened there. Not banking on that one, but you also have the Warriors at Timberwolves, similar situation. Uh, but the Timberwolves are a team that if you don't don't play hard, especially on the road against them, they can beat you. So those are kind of the games to watch tomorrow night, as far as the the playoff play in standards are concerned. And outside of that, man, I, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I think. Um... Timberwolves head coach came out the other day and he said there's not going to be any night offs just for the sake of night offs the remainder of the season. Yeah, I love, I love that mentality. On, on building building uh, chemistry for the rest yeah. of the season. And that it's good because, you know, Cat has missed some time. Uh, D'Lo has missed some time. So some of their key pieces have missed. They don't have a lot of, of games together. And, and I don't keep up with them enough to know exactly how many games that uh, Edwards – Russell and and Cat have played together this year, but I know that that number is low, just because uh, D'Lo missed an extended period, and then Cat did too with his injury. Uh, Edwards has been fairly healthy, so you know he's really been the, the only mainstay in that lineup for this entire season. So that that bodes well for the Grizzlies. That's not to say that the Timberwolves are going to go out and win that game because they could still get trounced, but they're not leaning into the tank as hard as we thought they were, or at least to put up the the show they uh they're not leaning into it as hard as they uh they thought are that we thought they were yeah i mean they're, they're definitely trying to win games i mean i'm looking at it they've won three in a row um knocked off the jazz twice uh one one in utah one on one in 96 on saturday and then came back 
on on Monday and beat them 105, 104 in Minnesota. So you know they're not tanking uh, for a team in their position to knock off the number one team in the West two night two two in a back to back set. They're still trying to win games. Um, came back in and in, in won in Houston, 114, 107. Uh, so Golden Golden State's only a five and a half point favorite uh, in this game. So uh, I, I think the, the Timberwolves are trying to win games, so they're not going to lay down for them. And I mean, again, I mean, I don't know if you go into that game expecting a loss for for Golden State, but I, I think they the Timberwolves are going to play hard and they're going to give them everything they got. But you know, the Warriors are going to be be gunning for them after that big loss at home to to the Mavericks. You know, they're going to be kind of tough at the bit to come back and get a win, but definitely still keep an eye on that one as well as Dallas and, and Detroit tomorrow night. Yep, they uh, we're gonna be doing a whole lot of scoreboard watching. I'm, I'm gonna be watching the games on League Pass. Uh, it's it's gonna be an interesting stretch here for the Grizzlies and how all of this plays out. I'm hoping that they're somewhere around the the seven seed. I, I would love to see them in the seven seed, and I think that that is is a lot more realistic than the six seed. But I don't think six is out of the question. But with where they're at in the standings right now, six is a lot harder to get to than than that seven seed. So, guys, we've got nothing else tonight. I, I think Isaac has done n- nothing else from you tonight, man. No, man, I think, think, think we got it covered. Uh, coming up on Friday and Saturday, man, back-to-back with Orlando Magic, two games I think that you got to get, especially after dropping the one tonight. Yep, I, I'm excited. We're getting closer to uh, closer to the playoffs, and then – after the playoffs, man, we, we get uh, we're in full on draft season. I've been yeah, one of my I've been favorite times of the year. Big boards and gearing up, getting ready to uh, to see that there's some crazy stuff. Uh, UConn, James Boknight. I I looked at like a consensus big board, and they had like six players ahead of him. They had him at like I think fifteen. Yeah, there were guys about, about ahead of him. I'm like, man, that, there's no way that he's not going that far. He's not. That, let me add something that, that is not Grizzlies related at all. But I got to know a name that has been just straight firing up these big boards. And he was buried before the NCAA tournament. I'm talking buried before the tournament. Davion Mitchell. Yeah, are you I buying where you going. You buying any of that stock, man? Do you think I saw <laughs> one board with this man in the top seven, and I'm like, you're yeah, you're out of your no, mind, bro. No. You you are out of your mind. Go back and look at guys that not have top had, seven. No, <laughs> go, go go back and look at guys that have had huge NCAA tournaments, and how many of those guys have really gotten into the NBA and thrived. There've been a lot of guys that blew up and have massive popcorn numbers in the NCAA tournament. And then they get to the NBA and just nosedive. They come in on a high. The level of competition is significantly better. Division one basketball is a high level of competition, but the college basketball is a group of high school all-stars. The NBA is college all-stars so you think you think of that the the nba has what what do they do 13 guys on the all-star team for each side yeah Yeah. so 26 guys out of what's that 450 26 out of 450 very small percentage of nba players are all-stars so a very small percentage of these college players are actual nba players 
the, the level of competition is completely different, man. I can go back to my childhood watching the NCAA tournament and talk about guys that blew up in the NCAA, NCAA tournament and then were, may, I won't say complete flops in the NBA, but they did not pan out to be what everybody thought that they were going to be whenever they got to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, you see it on both sides. I mean, you take a guy like uh, Moses Booty out of Arkansas who didn't have a great tournament, and he's dropped down. He was a, a, a lottery, surefire lottery pick. Now you kind of see him in the middle of the first round, and, and I would, I think I would rather have Moses, Moses Booty than Davion Mitchell. I like Davion Mitchell. I just wish he was 6'6". <laughs> that's that's the kind of the, the thing <laughs> yeah. with him. But yeah, for you always have to question a guy who just has a couple of good tournament games and just blows up and goes to the top of the draft. Uh, because before the NCAA tournament, I mean, he wasn't even in in that ramp. Nobody was even thinking about taking him even in the top fifteen uh, before the end. He was bottom bottom first round, and then he has this big tournament and shoots up into the top ten. I, I I'm not buying it again. I think I think there are other guys, uh, especially at, at the shooting guard position, that are safer picks than him um i just don't his size is, is what really concerns me about him because i think he's a 6'3 6'4 shooting guard and, and when you get in the nba it's just tough to play that position at that size unless you're just an elite elite player um and, and I, I don't know if if that's him i don't i think he's you know i think he'll be okay in the league but i, I don't think he's going to be an all-star or anything like that so I'm, I'm gonna give this one name and then we can we can wrap this up this is fairly recent. Carson Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> buried, buried. This dude gets garbage time in the NBA. He averaged 34.8 points per game in the NCAA. Yeah, that, that, was, that was my guy in that tournament. But yeah, man. Dude, I, dude I, was killing it. <laughs> he was not missing. I think he, he made 38 yeah, three pointers, yeah, man. He's 38. Must see TV for sure. He, he was wrecking folks in that tournament. And NBA. Nah, n- nope. You ain't even seen the floor, man. They're injured. Even the Celtics have had a lot of guys injured, and even with people injured, he's yeah, not seeing the floor. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm completely out on Davion Mitchell, but if that dude goes top ten, I think the team that takes him is making a mistake. No, There's I would too much to talent. 10. Way too much talent at the top of this draft. Even though, and, and I. This this is not me wishing bad on the kid. I don't wish bad on anybody. I hope that he's successful, but I think that this gassing of you know him going from pretty far down. I, I don't remember where he was at previously, but he was not a lottery guy. I don't even think he I, was I, in the first round. I think Tank, I think Tankathon had him in, in the twenty somewhere, but yeah, there there were some box that they could draft on net might have had him in the, in the thirties. 30s yeah. or 40s. So yeah, he was yeah. he was not a lottery like, late, pick at all. Late the first, tournament. early second. Yeah. 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 I, I'm I'm not buying it, man. Um that that's what you guys have to look forward to. We're gonna have plenty of those conversations whenever man, we I get can't wait. draft season. Not, I, not um, rushing it, not rushing it. I hope the Grizzlies yeah. make the playoffs, man. But when yeah, that when sure. that time comes, man, I'm excited for it. That's one of my one of my I'm, favorite times of the year talking about all these prospects and, and breaking it all down. Yeah, we're going to get some guys on that do this stuff for a living and uh, have plenty of good guests. Isaac and I are going to have our own input, be watching some film, learning more about these guys, and just go from there. We appreciate you guys tuning in listening. If this is your first time downloading the show, we appreciate you. Help us out. Go down to uh, iTunes, the bottom of your screen, and leave us a five-star review. It helps us get downloads. It brings us to the top when somebody searches for a Grizzlies podcast. So that would be super beneficial for us, and we would 
appreciate each and every one of you guys that do that. Even if you don't, we're glad that you're listening to the show. You can get the show on Twitter at HoopballGrizz. I'm at DWill2111, and Isaac is going to close us out and let you know where you can find him. Yeah, man, just like David said, go over at HoopballGrizz, give us a follow, uh, download the, the podcast, go over to iTunes, do all of that, man, five-star review. Uh, will be great. We definitely appreciate that. Make sure you continue to check out the program. We're going to have Grizzlies color analyst Brevin Knight on the show here soon, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. Uh, we'll be back on Friday night. Grizzlies take on the Magic at home. First half of the back-to-back at Orlando on Saturday night. So until then, for David, uh, this has been Isaac Simpson. Go Grizz! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.